0: How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Reel, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan, and we are back, continuing on with our psychological thriller reviews. Our first one was uh, Enemy, and now we got another one, Jacob's Ladder, the 1990s version, not the 2019 version. <laughs>
1: well, that's not out yet. I didn't even know that was being made. It- may be out when this airs, though. I'm not sure. Oh, how about that?
2: I haven't even seen a trailer for this thing.
1: There's obviously no confidence in it. It's just the studio crapping out another remake to make a little bit of money. So I
0: feel like this is a weird one for them to remake, though.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: It just doesn't make sense that this is the one they picked.
2: I think it's kind of more of a cult classic kind of thing. Like It's only now getting some recognition, you know, in these days. Back then, I don't think it was a huge hit. Probably not.
0: Um, so just kind of some information about it. Jacob's Ladder was released in 1990. It's directed by Adrian Lyne, who also did Flashdance and Fatal Attraction. He was the director for those movies in the, the 80s. And on IMDb, it has a 7.5 out of 10 user score. Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 71% tomato meter and an 84% audience score. So pretty decent reviews around the board. And it follows this uh, Vietnam War veteran who's trying to figure out his past. It seems like he's suffering from some kind of severe PTSD, or is it?
2: Is it something else? Hmm. Yeah, it's very mysterious. Did we find out? hmm (laughs) probably maybe (laughs) hopefully so first off this is going to be a spoiler heavy review we're gonna dive deep so if you haven't seen the movie then you should probably go watch it real quick or if you don't even care then you stay and listen yeah
3: all right so what
0: did you guys think of this one though
3: you know it wasn't quite what i thought it was gonna be yeah same here i'd kind of seen it build as like the scariest movie of 1990. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it that way too.
2: This movie? Yeah, I don't think it's that scary. Maybe back then it was kind of scary. I think it's kind of creepy.
3: Mad Mike and I kind of had some uh, pre review dialogue, <clears throat> admittedly, this time. And I think we uh, earlier today, right, we talked about this that it maybe in 90 it was like scary. But, you know, now that it's 29 years later, I still don't think it would
1: have been scary back then because you had. Things like The Exorcist out back then, and that's scarier than this movie is.
0: Well, here's a thought where I was going with that is because this deals with Vietnam and, you know, this came out, I forget when exactly Vietnam ended, but pretty close. So a lot of people watching this movie would have seen all the media stuff about it. And that's why I think it's got that kind of cult classic around it. Is because the media portrayal of Vietnam wasn't putting it in a good light, you know? Vietnam War ended in 1975, Mike. 75. Okay. So 15 years. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) A a ways off.
0: Well, I mean, it's not like right after the Vietnam War ended, but, you know, the people who are going to be watching this were people who were in Vietnam, who lived during it, and were seeing it on the news and stuff. So true, true. That's why I think it has more of an impact than it did for us, you know. Because I did see on Reddit that this uh, movie was supposed to be super freaky and stuff, and I've seen it on other sites, you know.
3: I always see it come up in lists of, like, the most disturbing movies ever. I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that either, considering
1: Hellraiser- came out three years before this one. That is an excellent point. (laughs) That's worse than anything in this movie. Just like one scene, any of the nasty scenes from that are worse than the whole Jacob's Ladder film.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it's like a horror movie, really. No. I mean, it is tense and kind of creepy, but yeah, I don't think scares are the main focus of this movie.
3: Maybe a thriller with horror elements. There is quite a bit of body horror in this one.
2: Yeah, there's some weird stuff. The first, like, moment we see something weird going on is, like, what did I just, like, look at? Yeah. (laughs) That homeless man sleeping in the uh, train? Okay, so what is that?
3: Like, what is poking out of that homeless man's sleeping bag? It's a tentacle.
2: Or it's uh, his member. (laughs) Yes, that's kind of what we thought it was,
3: but, like, it didn't look quite right. (laughs) Because it's a tentacle.
2: (laughs) I thought it might be, like, a tail or something, or it is, like, actually what we think it is. I think there is some like jarring stuff in it like that. And then there's like a scene later on when they're all dancing and then something weird starts to happen. And suddenly it's like tails and tentacles. Talking about when Alien shows up to the party. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that stuff gets kind of creepy. But no, yeah, it's not a horror movie for sure, I would say.
0: Yeah, I did like how this one kind of took a twist on me. I wasn't expecting Because at the start, you know, the first half, I'm like, okay, this is just a guy dealing with some PTSD. He's got some weird stuff going on. But then it took like this twist to a government conspiracy movie.
2: Yeah,
1: which is kind of a weird twist, I think. I wasn't a big fan of that.
2: Yeah, I think it muddies it up a little bit.
0: I just wasn't expecting it.
1: I wasn't expecting
2: it either.
0: It,
1: It works. It's interesting, but... I could have done without
3: it, I think. I think it throws a lot of things into question. Like what? Well, since we already decided this was pretty spoiler heavy, you know, so whenever this movie ends somewhat abruptly and we find out that he's been dead the whole time, right? Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Maybe we should talk about that first. He's he's dead? (laughs) I mean, he was on like a table and the surgeons were like, he's dead. At, At the end of this movie? Yeah,
1: he's dead, I think. All right, so Mike, this, this is what happened. So the dude goes to Vietnam, right? They're with his unit, and then they revealed to us, like almost at the very end of the film, that the government made that secret drug called Ladder, and they uh, tested it out on their unit, and then their unit went nuts and just killed each other. Yeah, I got that. He was evac via Medivac to get, worked on or whatever to try and save him but it didn't work and he died so he dies and then he gets stuck in purgatory essentially is what happened oh everything that's not in vietnam is him stuck in purgatory
2: and all the like demons and stuff and that chiropractor are trying to get him to let go of his past and get him to move on and accept his his death But he's fighting back and trying to hold on to the things that he remembers.
0: Okay. I'll just admit, I got a new puppy, (laughs) and I had to watch this movie in, like, 20-minute chunks. (laughs) over multiple Uh, days. (laughs) So maybe my opinions won't be the best on this one. Just go into (laughs) it with that, you
3: know? I didn't
0: know he was dead.
3: (laughs) Yeah, he was dead. That might change some context. So I I guess what I would say the the government conspiracy throws into question is that, you know, if, if he finds out this conspiracy while he's in purgatory, does that just mean that it's a narrative he's made up on his own?
2: That's the question, because... Either what's happening is, yeah, like he's learning like what happened to him really and he's kind of has to accept it or maybe his mind is making things up, maybe trying to rationalize why friendly fire happened or something like that. Maybe that's kind of what I was leaning towards is maybe his mind is just like coming up with stuff to accept the like friendly fire and attacking his own squad and stuff like that or getting attacked by a different squad of U.S. military troops it's
1: a little messy when they interject that in there because it doesn't fit with the rest of it. But I think for me, I was kind of viewing it as... So the chiropractor is like an angel essentially trying to get him to let go. So I figured that maybe everyone just got so tired of them trying to figure things out that they sent another angel down there to tell him, hey, this is what happened, so you need to get over it <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, that could be.
2: I think I... Saw somewhere that the chemist actually, he's one of the guys who comes and like rescues him from Vietnam when he's wounded. And so he maybe his mind is like, you know, he sees the guy and his mind is putting the face into his dream or whatever purgatory thing he's in i don't know you guys are like blowing my mind right now i didn't pick up on any of this stuff Oh, (laughs) must have been a confusing movie (laughs) i thought i had it
0: i thought this was a conspiracy movie
2: yeah that's kind of a red herring i think a little bit yeah but i
0: mean it kind of begs
3: the question in my mind of why you know
1: so i've been thinking about that and i think this is just my theory right because at the very end of the movie they Put on that tag about the U.S. military actually developing a drug and using it during Vietnam to basically do what they said they were trying to do in the film. So I think maybe he was trying to make a movie about that to spread awareness of it. Or he was making this and then he found that information out and decided to like interject it into his film.
2: Yeah, that could be. I think the fact that he puts that in there at the end means that he probably did get subjected to the chemical. Or, like, why put it in the movie, you know, at all at that little message?
1: That's what I was thinking, yeah. It comes out of left field, kind of.
3: It does. It seems like a weird thing to throw in. I mean, the drug is real, and there's, like alleged use of it but it's in the states not in vietnam man this is weird
0: (laughs) I i didn't i wasn't like the most intent on watching this one due to the puppy but i totally got a whole different movie out of this than you guys i thought this dude was still alive and that the whole drug thing testing on them in vietnam was the main part of the story. I didn't see that it was red herring at all. But I missed a pretty, um, you know, big point at the end of this movie, I guess.
2: Yeah. Where they're like, who was that guy's name anyways, who just died on our table? Oh, it was Jacob. Jacob, whatever his last name was. Yeah.
0: (laughs) See, I missed that. I got the text at the end of it, but
2: I do like the like demons in this movie. I think they're kind of interesting. The shaking faces, and sometimes they're like they don't have a face. I really like the the imagery. It's so creepy. Yeah, well, I
3: think uh, reading up on the origin of that aesthetic goes back to what Mike was saying about how this might have seemed more scary in the '90s because the people who were watching it had relatively recently just come out of Vietnam. So they're they're based on um, the victims of the Thalidomide scandal. I got to say, the only reason I even know what thalidomide is because of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. (laughs) But essentially, it was a drug to alleviate morning sickness in pregnant women that uh, made babies extremely physically deformed. Oh, no. And depending on at what point in the pregnancy they took it, it affected different parts of the body. So these demons have uh, deformities that people affected by that would have had. That's cool.
0: I really liked the scene when they were in that hospital, you know, and there was a shot down the hallway and there was that real buff guy with like a bag on his head and he was shaking. It really reminded me of some Silent Hill stuff, you know, maybe Silent Hill was inspired by it a little bit. Some of that imagery.
2: Yeah, that's a great sequence. And he's just going down the hallway and they're like driving over blood trails and like organs and there's people all around like in cages and stuff. Yeah. Chopped up limbs. Oh. Oh, man. That's so eerie. Yeah. And that wheel's just like squeaking. That was like a genuinely
1: creepy scene. I wanted more of that kind of stuff in here. That's what I thought I was going to get going in because I was was thinking, it's probably about this guy like descending into hell or something like that. So I thought we were going to get more of that kind of stuff. But nah, we got a pretty good movie, though. regardless (laughs) regardless
2: <laughs> i kind of like the yeah that they don't go like all in on it i kind of like the subtlety of it i mean they do drive over organs and stuff so it's not that subtle but it's only that one part too probably the most intense part too of the
1: film i'd say
3: kind of reminded me of the um the scene in clockwork orange where they strap him down and hold his eyes open and you know try and change his way of thinking and mutter things at him oh yeah
0: I would agree with
1: that. You brought up the point that I found interesting is throughout the film, whenever something happens to him, right, and he has to have medical care, and the side characters always find out that like he's listed as dead every time that happens, and I was thought that's really creepy and like a really good story beat.
2: Yeah, even the the palm readers, like your lifeline is done you should you're supposed to be dead like this isn't right and I think it might be because they're trying to get him get it into his head that hey you're dead or you're dying and you have to accept it but he won't and another um, thing I think is interesting is that a lot of the times when he goes there he's like hey I'm here to see this person they're like who Or like hey I served in Vietnam they're like no you didn't they're they're trying to strip away his past like forcibly I think And he's he's just not like letting it happen. He's like, I was in Vietnam. The demons are having a hard time getting him to accept it.
3: I think the perspective of uh, the chiropractor who might be an angel, might be a demon. Where he's like, you know, really, they might be demons, or you know, they might not be. It's all based on your point of view. If you want to let go or not let go.
2: Yeah, I really like his relationship with that doctor. He really like gave us some interesting like philosophy that this movie is trying to put across. I think. I think my
1: favorite part with him well besides the actual chiropractic scenes because i get satisfaction out of hearing them bones popping and stuff
2: oh no <laughs> it's so loud oh god every time he snapped a bone in this i was like Egh.
1: nah man that was so like relieving i was like oh i bet that feels <laughs> nice <laughs> every time but besides that when he went to go take them from the hospital and he like freaked out on the the staff there I was like, this is really interesting. I was like, this guy's like super dedicated to his patient or whatever. And then as it goes on, I start to realize, oh man, he was coming in and uh, taking him from the demons and being like, what are you guys doing to this poor dude, (laughs) basically. And I was like, that actually was really, really well done with a lot of subtext that you don't get when you're watching it. And then you realize it later and I was like, huh, that was, I liked that. That was cool.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting because I feel like the chiropractor and the, the staff there were both had the same goal in mind. Get him to let go of his past, but the chiropractor wants to do it, yeah, subtly and kind of like get his mind in the right place to accept it while the demons are like trying to forcibly tear down his reality and like, no, 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 you're dead. You're dead. Vietnam. No, you know, like (laughs) forget about it. Let's burn all the photos, that kind of thing. I think the
3: chiropractor's character is interesting because, um, there's a lot of times where Jacob is reading the Inferno, and there's a number of themes that kind of pop up. And the chiropractor's kind of like a Virgil character. And I wonder if he's like Virgil in that he's not an angel or a demon. He's somebody who inhabits hell, but is uh, kind of in a lucid state though. Like he's aware of the situation. It can be like, let's go over here. Let's not linger over here, Jacob. Yeah, move on. Come on, we gotta go. We got things to see. Come on. You're not
2: staying in the hospital, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's get out of here. This is a bad place.
1: That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that,
3: but that fits really well, actually. I really like the, the Inferno similarities. Not that it like follows it super tightly, but it, it shares a couple themes.
2: I did, yeah, I like the depiction. of. I feel like it's kind of unique The with the, yeah, the demons and purgatory and stuff. I really like that. You don't see that kind of stuff very often.
1: It's cool, too, comparing it to the Inferno stuff, because it's Jacob's own private hell, basically, that he's stuck in.
2: Yeah, it's like everybody goes through this.
1: Just they
3: have their own versions of it that they've got to get through. He definitely experiences kind of his own sins, such as like being with Jesse all the time, his mistress, living with her and having to deal with her crazy antics since he may or may not have been lustful when he was alive.
1: That's one thing I'm not clear about. He's obviously in purgatory when all that non-Vietnam stuff is happening, but I'm not 100% sure all of it was purgatory. It could have been some flashbacks thrown in there, too, that we weren't sure about.
2: I feel like a lot of the stuff with his original wife was like flashbacky, And then everything with um, Jezebel is in purgatory yeah i don't know if they actually dated or not or he was cheating or maybe he just like this is his new reality and they're trying to get him to move on from his ex-wife because
1: he lusted after that after jezebel like fox said it could be that or it could have been after his kid died that he couldn't take it and he went and hooked up with jezebel and then went to vietnam so i'm not i'm not clear on that it's yeah it's i don't know
2: We don't know why they divorced. Yeah, we're not never 100% sure. I kind of assumed it was because, you know, when a kid dies, they grow apart. And it could be something else, too. I don't know.
3: I don't think they ever divorced. And that might be why he's hanging on to that memory so much. I think they're just separated. And he wishes he'd gone back and gotten back with her.
2: Ah, that could be. Yeah, I don't think about that. Which is why she
3: comes in for the hospital scene and is like, I want you back. And he's like, oh, but he can't go back because he's dead. There's a really weird moment in the hospital there, right? Where the wife, maybe ex-wife, comes in and is like, I would take you back if you came. And then that random deep voice in the background goes,
2: dream on. Oh yeah, that was weird. And
3: never again does that happen in the movie. I forgot about that. It, It does seem like every once in a great while there's like a minor weird thing that only happens like once. I saw that they cut, the director cut like 20 minutes of the movie out after the test screening. So I wonder if there was supposed to be more things like that that happen occasionally.
2: Maybe, yeah.
3: That's a big chunk of film. I mean, 20 minutes is pretty hefty. Could have been like the demons toying with them more and stuff. I would guess.
2: Yeah, because does he look at, like, the screen when that happens? Maybe he sees something, like, out of the camera that we don't?
3: Yeah, like, I thought it was going to be, like, a scary demon, like, laying beside him on the bed, but the, it, we never find out what says it.
2: I wish it would have been. Yeah, honestly, you're right. That's a bit of a weird thing that maybe they could have just cut that out. Or just, like, get, like, a silhouette of something. You don't have to even, like, see the whole thing, you know? Just something they forgot
1: while editing. But, I mean... <laughs> Half of us forgot about it
0: after watching it, so.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not a huge moment, yeah. And I don't mind it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird, but it's like, okay, it's probably a demon or something.
0: I feel like I need to watch this movie again.
2: You should, <laughs> yeah. You'll have a whole new experience. Yeah,
0: I think I would.
2: I,
1: I will say that when they showed the Vietnam stuff and then they flashed back to where he was afterwards, I was pretty sure he was dead like, from the beginning of it, so... Ah, you called it? I, I don't want to say I called it, because it makes it seem like I was looking for something, you know? But it just it just seemed obvious to me when I was watching it. I was like, alright, this guy is most likely dead throughout the whole thing, so... I don't know if anybody else had that their first time watching it, or...
3: I didn't think he was dead. I There was a point where I assumed that he was, like, struggling for life... I guess, but I, I did not think he was like dead for the whole movie.
2: Yeah, I don't remember. I don't think I called it. At least not at first. But once people were telling them that he was dead, then I was like, okay, he might be dead. Cause I think I was with Mike a little bit that maybe like the government was scratching all of his um stuff from the record. But I think as the movie progresses it kinda gets clear that the government might not be the reason he's going crazy. Might be part of it, though. I don't know. Maybe the chemicals are what's causing this weird hallucination purgatory thing, too. I don't know. Because he's not dead until, like, the very end of the movie. So this is all him just, like, struggling or, like, slowly passing away into dying. At least that's how I took it. Gotcha
1: that's another way you could take it too yeah that he's just trying to stay alive but everybody's telling him it's his time to go that's a that's a neat way to take it too
3: I think I kind of took it as he was already dead and this was kind of the the struggle for his soul yeah that's that's how I took
1: it too fox. That he, was, he actually did die and then he's stuck in
2: purgatory and they're trying to
1: go one way or the other with him.
2: The train at the beginning has like two paths that he can go down. And so you could assume that's heaven or hell if you're thinking of it as like purgatory, maybe. Because all the other gates going other places are locked. Except for, like, the two trainways.
3: Oh, yeah. And that that one comes by. There's all the people looking at him. And there's that guy in the back waving as it goes off. Yeah. I love that
2: scene so much. It was so
3: weird. That's a good point, though, TV. I hadn't thought about that. I'd forgotten all about that.
1: Yeah. That was, like, the souls being taken to hell, I would imagine. Because I'm pretty sure that was a demon on the cart. And it was weird that everybody was, like, pressed up, hands and face- against the window like they were trying to get out so
2: yeah and the first trains him like his soul getting taken from yeah his body to the other place yeah but it gets off the train because he's not
3: ready to go (laughs) look at this all kinds of layers all kinds of things for all like the, the the picking we're doing here, I will say I did really like this movie.
2: Oh yeah, I love this movie actually. I think it's really good.
3: Yeah. Had you seen it before, Fox? No, but it had been on my list forever. Yeah, it was. It was really good.
2: Yeah, it, 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 I think it's pretty good. I can see why it's kind of grown in popularity for sure. It, it, it's kind of unique, I think. Honestly, yeah, just like the way they portray things, and I mean, and it's not soup I mean, it's a little ambiguous, but I think they. Well, at least I thought they got their message across. I guess Mike didn't quite pick up on it. <laughs> but he was busy. Yeah.
0: He's yeah. busy.
3: Yeah. I definitely need to watch this again. I mean, I think a literal interpretation could be interesting. I think I'm with you, Terry, that when
1: I was watching it, I was like, this is pretty clear cut. There's not a lot of ways you can spin it, I don't think. He's got his idea that he wants to tell. And he just tells it to you. It's not really as ambiguous as, like, Enemy or Perfect Blue
2: are. The debating goes into, like, the details of what's happening. Yeah, what really went on.
3: <laughs> I like your reference to Perfect Blue, you know, when we undertook this psychological thriller, I guess, set. Well, I think one of our goals was to kind of try and define what we thought psychological thriller was. And it's it's kind of cool, I guess, you know, there's, um, what is it? Is it the types of horror, like or like literature, the types of tragedy and drama, like man versus nature, man versus man, man versus God. And Perfect Blue is a great example of man versus man. And here we have an example of like man versus God in Psychological Thriller, <laughs> two very different topics that kind of deal with similar themes. So what you're saying, Fox, is our next pick
1: has to be man versus nature. Ooh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is Godzilla a Psychological Thriller? Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the
2: Happening
1: it's perfect
2: no psycho
1: thriller man versus <laughs> plants yes
3: <laughs> <laughs> so uh what you guys think about the cast on this movie like i didn't realize it watching it but like looking into it after like everybody who played like a leading role in this movie had a pretty successful career like i would say it's like a I don't want to say star-studded, but everybody in this is pretty big in the business, really. Not like the
1: huge movies, but the... Well, yeah, it's it's, it's weird, because, like, yeah, they're not in huge, really huge, successful films, but they've done a lot
3: of really good... Right? Like, Tim Robbins has won a ton of rewards. The guy who played Jacob, he was he's, like, I guess,
2: huge in drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think everybody did great, yeah.
1: I will say it was a little weird seeing George Costanza. It's so weird but... <laughs> to see Jason Alexander in this. <laughs> he, he did good.
0: <laughs> hmm. Well, you guys have like blown my mind with this movie, but do we have anything else
1: <laughs> we want to hit on? Well, what do you think of it now, Mike, after all of our discussion on it?
0: Well, I mean I was just sitting here like trying to process everything you guys were saying it was like terry's saying one thing and then dan's saying something and then fox jumps in and i'm just like man i have nothing to say i completely missed this movie go on say something by anything um i mean i thought it was a good movie but i obviously completely missed the point but like, yeah, I was I had a very young puppy that I was
3: taking care yeah. of, so <laughs> you know, you've got a reason. the puppy's adorable can vouch.
2: yes yes.
0: <laughs> <is>. everyone <laughs> has seen the puppy on this show, so yep.
2: <laughs> our next host, Bugsley. oh <laughs>
0: she'll just whine and
2: complain. yeah, just like us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, do you guys got anything else you want to do about this one or want to do some overall presentation?
2: I don't think I've got anything else.
0: All right, let's hit it.
2: Yeah, let's do it. So we've got a scale. It goes from lowest to highest with burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it. In that order. Um, And then we kind of average them out at the end if we can. But uh, sometimes it doesn't happen. So we'll do our best.
0: Well, I guess I'll jump in here first. Um, I obviously missed the major points of this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, take what I'm going to say with a grain of salt, but I, I do think I need to watch this movie again to get the full effect of it, because you guys were explaining things that I saw in this movie that I just thought this dude was still tripping from, you know, this drug messed him up. And Like, I didn't even know he was in purgatory. I didn't know that the dude was dead. So <laughs> I missed the major parts of this movie. But it sounds like something I should really watch again and um, just look for these things and all these themes that are actually in the movie, because it does sound like something that I would really enjoy. Um, I did enjoy watching it, missing all this stuff, too. I guess I'm going to give it a watch it, but I'm probably going to watch it again sometime. Take my stuff with a
3: grain of salt. What a ride this movie is. I mean, Vietnam conspiracies and the Divine Comedy, the Thalidomide Scandal spiritual dilemmas. I mean, what a crazy mix-up of concepts. You know, I, I know we didn't hit on it in the review here because there's so many uh, plot themes to nail, but um, this was coming off right at the tail end of the 80s, and there were some really fantastic uh, just shots I enjoyed. Some kind of John Carpenter-esque blue light scenes that were just phenomenal. I'm going to give this one a buy-it. Would absolutely watch again. I'm kind of sticking it in my Event Horizon bank of movies that are kind of creepy and concerning, but not like scary. I can just watch them and enjoy the creepy aesthetic. This is a good category to have. (laughs) I need to do that with my (laughs) movies.
2: This is the second time I've seen it, and I liked it just as much the second time as the first time. I think um, I do like how it kind of starts off with kind of the subtlety of it and then really just goes all in. There's not really a ton of ways you can look at it. It all goes down to one conclusion for the most part, and I like that about it. And I think that, the yeah, the debate between like the minute details is what makes it really interesting, how you like cope with what he's going through while he's trying to cope with what he's going through. I think that's really cool. I think the take on Demons is pretty interesting. I really like all the acting. I think it's great. I think I'm going to give it a buy it, too. I really enjoy this movie, and I was pleasantly surprised to enjoy just as much this time as the first time.
1: Yeah, echoing what? Terry and Fox said it's a really well-made movie after watching it I was kind of I don't want to say let down but I wasn't as impressed since it was just a pretty clear-cut ending but after thinking about it and thinking about all the things that Jacob goes through in the movie and how that translates into purgatory and angels and demons and the fight for his soul. I was like, that's actually really clever and really well made and put together. It's handled really well. Everything's represented in a neat, interesting way that you don't see in a lot of films, especially your modern day horror films, for sure. My only gripe really with it is... I wasn't as big a fan on the military conspiracy things. I think that kind of strayed away from the actual story about what Jacob's going through in purgatory and kind of leaned more into the trying to spread awareness angle about things that happened during Vietnam. So I didn't care for that in this, but granted, it's not a huge part of the film. I just wish it would have been more representing Dante's Inferno some more or doing something else instead. Maybe more stuff like that really creepy hospital scene, too. Regardless of that, I think I'm also going to give it a buy it. It's really grown on me thinking about it over the past what, the three days, I think, since I watched it. So it's it's good. I liked it quite a bit. So that's uh, three Biets and uh, take it with a grain of salt, watch it. I'm kind of wondering, can you make this movie work from Mike's initial perspective? That he isn't dead and that he survived Vietnam and then this is basically everything that's happened afterwards with the PTSD.
2: I think you could if the last scene didn't say that he died. I think that's the, the big... Like if it had just like cut after he walked up the stairs with his son then I think we could probably believe it, but I don't know.
3: I think what you'd have to do is make some of the uh, the scenes that are kind of trippy B flashbacks instead of just trippy hellish hallucinations maybe it's representing
1: him getting over his PTSD at the end
2: uh, maybe his old self is dead and now he can move on as a better person
1: yeah oh, yeah there we go I'm I'm curious I want to watch it again and see if he can make it work from that perspective I
2: mean I thought that's what happened so so what do we want to do for next week
1: well Earlier in the reviews, Mike mentioned Vertigo, and that piqued my interest because I have not seen that film, and I want to see it. It's Alfred
2: Hitchcock, right?
1: Yeah, I like me some Hitchcock. I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. I've just seen, like, Psycho and Rear Window, and both of those were really good, so.
2: Yeah, I've only seen... Three of his, yeah, from his mini classics. So it's number 77, the top 250. Nice. And if you, the listeners, have any suggestions that you want us to cover, maybe you've got category ideas, maybe you've got movie suggestions, you can let us know at uh, runtherealpodcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, at runthereal. You can find us at all of those places. Hit us up. We want to hear what you think about these movies that we're watching and let us know if you agree with us, disagree. Yeah, we need to know. We need to know. Yeah, tell us. Vote in our polls
1: on Facebook and Twitter. Ooh, yes. Those are always fun.
2: They are fun. I'm always curious to see what people think. Cool. Well, thanks for listening to us tonight, everybody. We really
0: appreciate it. This is Run The Real, signing off.